0: Um, and we've learned over the course of the last few months that uh, the things that are written in the Bible were written for our benefit so that we can spiritually benefit from them nowadays. And and so we're going to talk from the story of Jacob. Anybody know the story of Jacob? Jacob was uh, an individual who had destiny on his life. But because of culture, because of his family, because of the way that he was brought up, even because of his name, he thought that he couldn't accomplish what God wanted for his life. Uh, And I don't know that Jacob, at at this juncture, when we pick up the story, uh, he even believed it anymore. And and as I've been talking to people around the room and around uh, the community, I'm finding out more and more that people have once heard uh, what God was uh, intending for them to become and intending for them to be. Maybe they heard it in the Word. Maybe somebody gave them a prophetic word. Maybe somebody uh, uh, mentored them and spoke to them. And those things that they dreamt about are dead now, and they need to be resurrected. It's kind of hard to follow God uh, without a dream, without an understanding that God wants to do something in my life and in my heart. And I think because of society, because of culture, even because of the voices in our head that might be Satan or it might be ourselves, it might be what my big mama told me, it might be what my my granddaddy told me, that I would never amount to nothing, that I was going to be just like my daddy, that my mama was no good, so I was going to be no good. And so it's hard for us to hear through all the chatter to hear what God is truly saying about us as his church. Anybody in that neighborhood today? Anybody going through some things? Anybody feel like they can't figure out? I know we show up and we talk about sanctification and we talk about holiness and we talk about all these things that we should be doing, but something inside of me tells me I'm not going to be able to accomplish that. I'm not going to be able to do any of these things, and so I don't even want to try anymore. Anybody feeling apathetic? Anybody feeling like you're in a rut? Anybody feeling like you can't go another further? Anybody tired of the condition that you're in, and you know that God wants more from you and God wants more of you, but you just can't muster up the strength to give it to him. Anybody? Am I speaking to anybody? Am I just talking to myself this morning? And so God gave us this story in Genesis. If you're looking for Genesis, it's the first book of the Bible. If you need a Bible, please raise your hand. We'll have somebody come bring you out a copy of Scripture. That's yours to keep if you would like. We love giving away Bibles. Except you, Adrian. We want, we want that one back. No, I'm just playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. And so Jacob was this trickster. From birth, he was, he, 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 it was prophesied over him and his twin brother that, 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 that the one would serve the other. And so Jacob got ahead of God. And so what Jacob did was he tricked his brother out of his birthright. And if you don't know what a birthright is, it's, it's the right of the firstborn. And because you're simply a firstborn, you get certain rights that belong to you. You get a bigger portion of the inheritance, but you got more responsibility because of the birthright. And so Jacob wanted the birthright and he ended up tricking his brother out of his birthright. Because Jacob was not the firstborn. They were twins, but he came a little bit later. As a matter of fact, he came holding on to the heel of his brother because they were fighting in the womb. <laughs> Who's going to be born first? And so because Jacob tricked his brother, his brother despised his birthright, he gave it up, and because he tricked his brother, his brother wasn't able to get the blessing from his father, and so because Jacob tricked his brother, Jacob had to run for his life. Jacob was in fear. Jacob found himself uh, retreating under his mama's tutelage to his uncle's house, Laban, and he ended up at his uncle's house, and his uncle ended up uh, tricking him because he ran in a family. There was a family full of tricks. Does anybody got hustlers in your family? Let me hold $5, not you, not you, because I'm not going to get my $5 back. You're a hustler. And so he went to his uncle, and back then, don't say ill, and he went to his uncle, and he wanted to marry his cousin. I said don't say ill, and who the first one to say ill? And so he wanted to marry his cousin, and so his uncle tricked him into marrying the sister instead. It made him work not only seven years, but 14 years so he can finally get his love. And so now God is leading Jacob back to confront his brother. This is where we're picking up the story. And so I just gave a brief overview in case you haven't heard the story. This is where we're picking up the story. And so God is leading Jacob back to where he needs to be because he can't achieve his destiny if he's not in the proper location. He can't do what he's supposed to do if he's not in the proper location. And so he has to go back. And we're picking it up. I'm going to take my glasses off so I can read. Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. And it says, And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched him in his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is broken, But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven against God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please let me know your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. Then the the sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. Limping because of his hip. I'm going to go down to 32. It's not in the slides. Y'all don't worry about it. You can read it in your Bibles. Therefore, to, his day, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. And what does that story have to do with us nowadays? If we set up a story. We figured out that Jacob was running because he did something he wasn't supposed to do. He was running from his past. He was running from those situations that he felt kept him down. He was running in fear. Hold on to that word fear for a minute because we're gonna come back to it. He was running in fear. And Jacob had sent his family ahead of him, all the camels and donkeys and chickens and Xbox 360s and big screen TVs. He sent all the stuff ahead of him because Jacob had become wealthy by this point. He sent them all ahead of him, ahead of him to go meet his brother Esau. Some people say it was a coward move. I don't know what Jacob's heart intent was, but he sent all the people family, children away, and he was left alone. And a man wrestled with him to the morning. We later find out that this man was God from Jacob's profession. People call this a a pre-incarnate version of Christ, where Christ has appeared beforehand, uh, before he came as a baby in, in the lives of people in the Old Testament. And the Bible said he wrestled with him until the daybreak. He wrestled with him until he couldn't go. He he just couldn't prevail against him. Why was Jacob wrestling with God? I don't know. But I have a suspicion that was because he wasn't trying to walk into his destiny. Some of us in this room today, you're even afraid to get to a position where you're alone with God so that you might wrestle with God, over what God has said concerning your life. I said, hold on to that term, it's because of fear. Fear is a faith robber. You've heard me say this before. You can't abide in faith when fear is present. And so some of us say, well, I'm just going to ignore God so that God won't require of me what he requires of me. I'm just going to ignore God And just show up and kind of like give a guy a what's up and keep it moving. I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to act like, you know, the stuff that's written in the Bible really don't apply to me. It applies to Gail and them, you know, Gail and them. It's not supposed to touch my heart. It's not supposed to transform who I am. So I'm just going to give God that that, 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 that nod. And I'm not going to allow him to touch my life. And so if you look at the Bible... Jacob didn't want to wrestle with God. God initiated the action. Now, you can act like you don't want to wrestle with God all you want to, but the misery that you're in is probably because you're running. And as soon as God can catch up to you, because he's a pursuing God, as soon as he can get our attention long enough for us to stop binge watching Netflix, He's going to speak to our hearts, and he's going to speak to our hearts. And if we're not willing to do what God has said that we're supposed to do, he will wrestle with you. Because God wants you so desperately to be conformed into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. We don't want it, but that's what he wants. I can remember growing up. Anybody have an older brother, older sister growing up? And you just walking through the kitchen trying to make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something. And they just own their kick that day. And you don't feel like the drama. You had a hard day in third grade. You were doing multiplication today. Multiplication is hard. Ooh, Lord Jesus, I don't know what's wrong with this teacher. This stuff don't make no sense. And so you just trying to go get an after school snack. You just want your peanut butter and jelly and your big brother, your big sister's is there causing drama. You don't want no parts of it, but they want it, and they want all of it. And if your brother or your sister is older than you enough, it might not end well for you. See, I had a brother. I I was a middle child, and I had a lose-lose situation, Stan, because I had a brother who was five years younger than me. Now, if I picked on my brother who was five years younger than me, I had a brother who was five years older than me that would take my little brother's side no matter what he did. And then my brother who's five years older than me I always had smoke with him because he's just having a bad day. He just needs to, he, He's not here today, he just had some emotional issues in his life and he just wanted to fight all the time. And so I'm walking in the kitchen to get my peanut butter and jelly sandwich and he wants to wrestle. <laughs> I don't feel like wrestling. I wrestled you last week. I didn't win. It was not a win-win situation. I don't want to wrestle you right now. Why are you touching on me? Stop touching me. I'm going to tell mama. I don't care if you tell mama. And next thing you know, I'm in a chokehold in the middle of the kitchen. <laughs> And then he would hold me and choke me out until I said whatever he wanted me to say that day. Say, I'm the man. <laughs> say, you're a little punk. I'm a little punk, man. Just let me go. I just want my peanut butter jelly sandwich. <laughs> and this is how we treat God. He wrestling with us. Say your mind. Say, you're going to accomplish the will that I placed in your life for your life. Say it. Say you're through with all the wrestling with the world. Say you're through. Say you're giving up. Say you're going to follow me. You remember in Romans 12 when I said, I beseech you therefore, brothers? No, that's not what it says. What does it say in Romans 12? Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank right now. Oh, my God, what does it say in Romans 12? Oh, gosh. It was a base today. I know what it says. It's one of my favorite verses. Oh, gosh, this is crazy. That you present your bodies. There you go. I'm I'm back. (laughs) A living sacrifice, holy to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. I'm going to wrestle you till you say that. I'm going to wrestle you till you believe that. I'm going to wrestle you till you believe that I'm yours and you're mine. I'm going to wrestle you till you understand that you're supposed to abide in me because outside of me, you can do nothing. I know you think you all that in a bag of chips, but outside of me, you can do nothing. You think you're the bell of the ball. No, baby, you the ugly girl in school. Okay. <laughs> you're not attractive to anybody but me. Have you seen your life? I'm sorry, is that hey, painful? Yeah. What the Bible tells us in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Uh-huh. My righteousness is as filthy rags. Listen, before God, I don't look good, but he still invites us to the party. I'm gonna get some emails about that one. It's okay. <laughs> see, we, 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 we've gotten to a place where we've mixed up our salvation and the sanctification process. See, what God is requiring of us and what God is wrestling us for is not for salvation if you're a Christian. I know I have to say this every single week because I'm even like, you see, you sense. I'm not saying you're not saved, I'm just saying you're not good saved. You say, but you just living a miserable life. You say, but you just living defeated. And we've become nose blind and we become deaf. Like when my I don't understand how my wife does it. You, you mamas in the house, y'all are awesome. I got grown kids in the house yeah, And they just be yelling and talking. And I'm looking at me like, you don't hear this? She don't went deaf to all of it. Yeah. <laughs> she watched a TV show. I'm like, how you watching TV? And all this noise going on. Yeah. And we've learned to tune out God, basically. God is speaking over our lives, and God is speaking to us, and we just tuned them out. And so God's like, listen, 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 I'm tired of all this. And some, some of us in this room, not everybody in this room, so I'm not talking to everybody, but some of us in this room, we're in the situation that we're in right now because God is wanting to wrestle with you. He's wanting to confront those things in your life that are not like Christ. Those fears, those anxieties, those areas of pride, those areas of lust, those areas of pettiness. Oh, we know we got some petty people in the room. (laughs) Those areas of, 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 of wanting more and you don't necessarily need more. And God is speaking. He's speaking through his word. He's speaking through sermons. He's speaking through podcasts. He's speaking through friends. And we're just not listening. That's for them. That's for Rosie in them. That's not for me. And God's like, no, 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 baby. Come on. We finna wrestle. Put the sandwich down. We finna wrestle. <laughs> and that's what he did with Jacob. I want y'all to see something. Once Jacob was in the wrestling match and he realized that he could not prevail, he did something that was really cool. He then turned into the aggressor. God got Jacob to a point well, he realized, I can't wrestle no more. I can't win this battle. No matter how hard I try, no matter how hard I run, no matter how hard I try to act like he ain't there. I used to try it with my brother. I used to play limp, and he's still, you he like, I, I know you're still here. I wasn't choking that hard. You didn't faint. <laughs> like, no matter how hard we try, God's like, God is in it. And so when Jacob finally came to his senses, I can't win this rap. I can't win this match. Why am I even fighting? why was I even running this entire time? Anybody ever come that way Why am I tripping over this? I, I, I just can't. I just I, If I can't beat him, I just got to join him. And so Jacob turned back to God, and he held on to God. And God says, okay, we don't wrestle all night. I know you're tired, but let me go. Let me go. I can't let you go. Because I'm in a number state right now. I understand that I can't do this without you now. So I understand that's the purpose of this exercise. That's the purpose of this wrestling. That's why we did this. I understand I I, I can't do it. So now I need you to bless me. I recognize that you have all the power. I recognize that you are in control. I recognize that you control all this circumstance, and I'm just a cog in the the machine. And so what I need to do is I need to submit my will to your will and say, okay, now that I've submitted my will to your will, I need you to bless me in order to do whatever you ask me to do moving forward. Because it's not by my strength. Because my strength ain't no good. I need you to bless me. I need you to bless me. And then God, his infinite wisdom, made Jacob to do a reality check. He said, what's your name? <laughs> what's your name? Why was that important? Jacob's name meant surplanter or trickster. This is what your mom and them called you. This is what, this is what they named you because you've been like this since before you were born. You were wrestling with your brother in the womb like you've been this, like you've been this. I want you to identify what you've been. Jacob. Mm-mm. Not no more. Those scars of the past are gone. No, 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 no. You, that, that, that's not you no more. Anybody ever been in a situation with family members or someone around you, they don't let you live that old stuff? Like you could have been, been doing everything that you could have been doing to make the, make the situation feel better and make them think more of you for the last 20 years and they still remember you when you did something when you are 12 years old. Mm-hmm, you, yeah, yeah. you're going to revert back to it sooner or later. And so we, 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 we grab hold to our identity about what we've been, what we've been in the past, and, and what, maybe what I'm struggling with right now, because I'm sure Jacob was trying to find an angle before he got wrestled down. And God's like, no, 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 that's not going to be you anymore. No because when I give you the blessing, I'm going to give you a blessing, and I'm going to tell you some things about yourself. It says your name shall no longer be Jacob, it shall be Israel because it doesn't matter who you've been it's about who you're becoming and i think people in the room today you see me i'm saying what, listen. I, because in the room today some of us need to understand that we're princes and princesses of god why do you say that why would you say that that was a promise for jacob listen 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 we've got all those things in christ jesus And now I have an even better covenant than Israel had. So surely if God is saying that to Israel, he's speaking it to me. That I can come running boldly before his throne of grace now, the word teaches us. And so sometimes, sometimes we just need this reality check. That God is not mad at you. Somebody needs to hear that today. God is not disappointed with you. Some of you are. If you're not a believer, he's mad at you. I'm just going to put it out there. He's mad at you. <laughs> but if you belong to Christ Jesus, he's not mad at you, nor is he disappointed in you. I know sometimes, man, I didn't, I didn't have a father. We talked about that yesterday. And men in the room, if, if you can, every other week we have a men's meeting. We had, it was a good one yesterday. And we are sitting there and we talked about our fathers. And then we are going around the room. People talking about their daddy. And I was the one talking about, oh, I got to be that one. Uh, I ain't had no daddy growing up. But guys would talk about when their daddies would get disappointed with them. I don't know that reality. My mom used to get disappointed in me, and I do not really care. <laughs> <laughs> but something about someone says when your father gets disappointed in you, and he ain't got to whoop you, he ain't got to yell at you, he can just look at you, and it just melts you. And so some of us brought that ideology, brought that understanding into the kingdom, brought that before God, and now we stand before God, and we think God is disappointed in us, and God is like, I'm not disappointed in you. One, to be disappointed means that you didn't know that the person was going to do what they just did. That's when you get disappointed. I, I thought better of you, Rosie. What if I know Rosie ain't going to do right, I'm going to be disappointed. I knew it. God knows our beginning from our end. God doesn't have, have to be disappointed in us, and especially if we're in Christ Jesus. And here's something that, 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 that people in the room need to hear. When he sees you, he sees Jesus. He sees you, he sees Jesus. That's where the salvation comes in. But in Christ Jesus, there's a sanctification process. And so God is calling you higher. He's not pressing you down. He's calling you higher. When God convicts us, it's not to press us down, it's to call us higher. When you sin, God is not going to pull out a big old stick and beat you across the head with it. I told you not to do that. That's not how God convicts us. God convicts us by saying, I got more for you. I got better for you. Turn back to me. Abide in me, and it'll be all right. But I need you to to, to come to the end of yourself. That's what I need. That's how God convicts us. It's out of love. It's out of compassion because we are his children. Now, he chastises those who belong to him, but it's not like your mama and them did it. I had a mama make you go get the switch. God don't make you go get no switch. God doesn't humiliate and embarrass you, but he will wrestle with you. He will restrain you. He will stop you from hurting yourself. And he got all day. He got all night. Some of you guys are trying to wake you up in the middle of the night and you just, you just hit the snooze button on God. And then you wonder why, I, I keep saying this because we need to hear this. Why is God not speaking to me like he used to speak to me? Because you don't hit the snooze button on him so many times. God's not waiting his breath no more. He know you ain't going to talk to him, so he's just all right. When, when you're ready, when times get hard, you're too rough enough, you're too hot in the kitchen, you'll be back. So God is wrestling with us. Why am I saying all this today? because God loves us deeply. And we're going to go into these series of, of, of talks, and I don't want you to enter these series of talks with a defeated mindset. They're like, what is going to be talked about cannot be accomplished. It can absolutely be accomplished. However, 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 we fall short in our human efforts, and often we fall short in our human efforts because we haven't relinquished that thing, that whatever that thing is to God. He said, I, I ask you to present your bodies a living sacrifice. And in unison, the people in the ACC should be able to say, what's the problem with a living sacrifice? It keeps, the it keeps crawling off the altar. And God says, no, 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 you remain there. You abide there. You abide in me. One more scripture. Genesis 35. Am on. Broken Sean weekly vernacular. It gets gooder. 35. Meet me at verses 10 through 13. Genesis. 35, 10 to 13. God had to reiterate it. <laughs> Cause sometimes God says stuff and we forget. We get out of those encounter moments with God, and our prayer closet boy, we got, we gonna, we going we gonna take over the world. Like, like God just really talked to me, and God showed me some things, and then I get into the real world. Have you ever, have you ever, have ha, have you ever uh, went to somebody uh, uh, and repented because you did something wrong? Because God led you, and you was like, you know what? I'm gonna be so humble. I'm gonna do what God has told me to. I'm gonna go repent. Listen, um, Adrienne, I'm so sorry a while ago I told you you couldn't keep that Bible. Um, my bad. You know, God was really working on my heart. That could have hurt your feelings. It could have hurt other people's feelings. I'm so, so, so sorry. And then that person says to you, well, you always do that. <laughs> After you done really sit there and humbled yourself. And you go, huh? <laughs> Can't you see I'm trying to apologize here? Can't you see I'm trying to reconcile this situation, Adri?" She don't see it. She bringing up old stuff. I guarantee you, once you get to a place where you wrestle with God and God has spoken some things with you and God has set you on a course, Satan don't like that. Big mama them don't like that. And they don't come, they gonna start picking at you. Jacob, I know Jacob's in there. You talk, you talk Israel, is that your new name now? Israel? Hmm. <laughs> I know a couple of Israels. Jacob's still in there, though. And so God had to reiterate. And God has to help him walk. And so some of us, we've wrestled with God in the recent past. and We got up and we began to walk and we thought it was going to be all bunnies and flowers. And Some people began to remind us who we were. Because the past don't really go away from our brain. We don't really wash it. But we got to understand that it's under the blood. So God's going to, from time to time, have to remind us, listen, listen, listen. No, 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 no. I know those old tendencies want to creep back in, but guess who you are? Israel. I know it I, I know you want to go back to your old ways. No, 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 You got a new name. You're in Christ Jesus now. And so he had to remind him, He said, and God said to him, your name is Jacob. No longer shall your name be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. That's sounded like God was really trying to get through him. Listen, 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 stop that. All that Jacob mess. Your name like it's declarative now. It's like your name shall no longer when God said your name shall no longer. You just need to listen. <laughs> just listen. Let's square it away in your mind. But Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. And God said to him, "I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come from your own body. The land that God gave to Abraham and Isaac I will give to you, and I will give the land to your offspring after you. Then God went up from him in the place where he had spoken with him. Hmm. Why is there a big jump? In the scripture, we went from 32, and God had this initial experience, and then there was this big jump, and then God speaks again. Well, I'm going to submit to you today that there was something that needed to be done after that initial encounter with God. Like, you just don't, oh, yeah, you know what, I wrestled with God, it was good. What did you do with it? Well, you know, I'm going to do it next Tuesday. God speaks to us incrementally. God watches over our heart incrementally because I said it yesterday Like, amends me. Like, 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 if God were to tell me everything that was wrong with me right now, my, my, my little life would just crumble. I would just. But God gives me just a little bit and gives me enough for us to take that face step. Okay, you there? You good? You, you settled? Okay, take another face step. And eventually when we start doing what God is calling us to do, then it's going to open up to us what God has called us to. Some of us want God to just, just unload the plan on us. Tell me what you want me to do, God. I'm going to do it. you good and well you run if you heard the plan. <laughs> God, God, I just want to hear your voice. God, I just want to hear your group. God, like God, 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 tell me what to do. You know that neighbor across the street? Yeah, the one I don't like? Yeah, yeah, go talk to him. Mmm. <laughs> talk to him about what? Be more pacific, God. <laughs> you know that addiction that you have? Go seek help for it. Well, see, God, you know, like, like, you know, I like the addiction because it keeps me dependent on you guys. Like, I don't want you to have that thing no more. You know, that sin that you're living in. Stop it. But you love me. Grace, right? And we wonder why God stopped speaking to us. We wonder why we can't accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. Because God is serious about sin. And sin will hinder what you're trying to do in God. Now, I'm going to give this illustration. Then want to get an application point? We're going to go home. Okay, so if there was a tightrope running down this, rope, this row right here, that tightrope would be, it would be cool if I would have did that if I thought earlier. That would have been awesome, that tightrope. I'm going break my neck in church. And so anyway, that tightrope. That tightrope would be God's righteousness. Anybody ever walk on a tightrope? They're not easy. Just, just, just so you know, it's not easy. That's God's righteousness. It's not easy to be right with God. Power underneath it from here to as far as you can see that way. And from here to as far as you can see that way is a net of grace. God still requires us to walk the tightrope. We do that in Christ Jesus. We don't do it in our own strength. We do it in Christ Jesus. But per chance, if we fall down, there's this thing called grace. And some of us have failure to launch because we don't trust in that grace. We understand that God wants us to be righteous. We understand it's going to cost us something. But I don't know if that net is really down there. And if our fault it's going to be worse. You got to get to the place where you understand, you understand without a shadow of a doubt that God has your back. That God wants you, listen, he wants you to be conformed into the image of his son, Jesus Christ, more so than you want to be conformed into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. He wants it for you more than you want it for yourself. And he set up a mechanism. He set up a way for you to achieve it in Christ. And so he puts you, he places you in Christ. And you know, when you first start walking in, in Christ, you're like, oh yeah, this is easy. And then God just shows you yourself. He doesn't show you yourself so that you can, you can, you can abort He doesn't show you yourself so that you can just give up. He shows you those things that are inside of you so you can deal with those things inside of you one at a time. And that's why I keep saying, go back to the last thing that you heard God say and meet him there. Ask him, do I need to repent of something? Ask him if there's something, is there advice in my life that I need to get past? Because God sees this step, he sees the next step, and he sees the next step. And he understands that once you get, to, once you get past this step, what you're going to face over here is going to be easier. But if you don't get past it, this is going to knock you on your butt. Young people, I just need me a boo, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get married. I'm getting that age. I'm you know, you know, you know. Work on yourself because you're going to take all that baggage into that marriage. You know, he just, he, he just, he just, he just, and she just, and she just. Then you're in your third and fourth marriage, and you understand what's going wrong because you ain't been looking in the mirror. He wants us to work on ourselves. And we make these excuses, and we say, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you without a shadow of doubt, some of us are in the situation we're in right now because God is coming after the sin, after the pride, after the fear in our lives. Because he will not let you be the way that you want to be. I've used this analogy before, and I'm going to use it probably a million more times, because it makes a whole lot of sense when you're in a grocery store, and that kid is losing their ever-loving mind, and you just want to go smack the kid and smack the parent, because you're letting your kid just run up down the grocery store and do all this stuff. Like, that don't make no sense. Like, I saw this kid one time spitting on the parent. I'm like, w- w- restrain me, Holy Ghost. You don't spit on nobody letting on your parents. But we walk around and we spit on God all the time. With our stanking attitude, with our pettiness. It's like just spitting on Christ's face every day. Oh, he on the cross? I don't care. It it means nothing to me. We don't understand the cost that Christ paid on the cross so that we wouldn't be wrapped up and enshrouded in all this mess. I'm off my soapbox. Next week we're going to talk about love. (laughs) So, what's your name? What does the world call you? What are those things that you're wrestling with apart from God? What are those things that you know God is calling you deeper, but you just don't know how to get out of it? You don't, you don't, you don't. And so instead of turning to God, you continue to run from God. I want you to put, identify those things in your heart right now. You might have a list. You might have one thing. You might just be able to identify one thing. One thing's a start. But I don't want us to get up from this space and hear about God wrestling with Jacob and think that God just wrestled with Jacob. That was just an old story that ain't got nothing to do with me. God wants you. He wants all of you. He wants you unconditionally. And if you don't believe me, read the Bible once. And so it makes no sense for us to move further than we just got through Romans and then start going to all these things that we're going to be talking about. Then be like, you know what, you can just still live the way you want to live. Just come to church on Sunday and it's gonna be all right. No, God wants you because He loves you. He's crazy about you. God is a stalker for you. <laughs> it's funny, yesterday we were, we were talking, I'm gonna, gonna expose nobody, uh, but we were talking about somebody who was in the church and I, we were saying, Anybody been to their house? And it was like, no, I know exactly where they live though. And you wouldn't invite it. <laughs> Stalker! <laughs> um, but God stalks you. He's crazy about you. He is. He wants restored fellowship with you. With you. And if Christ had to do it all over again, despite what you're going through right now, guess what? He would do it again. Despite your weaknesses, he would do it again. Despite your stinking attitude, he would do it again. Why? Because it's just his nature to love. So put that before you right now. Put it before you, whatever it is. Whatever it's sin, whether it's pride, whether you're sitting there going, I ain't got nothing, pride, um. (laughs) I'm just helping you out on the test. Just write pride down. Because God wants. But he will allow situations to touch our lives, to let us see us because he's a good, good father.